We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know that you could invest in crypto through your retirement account? That's right. iTrust Capital allows you to invest in over two dozen of the most popular cryptocurrencies. And unlike the stock market, you can buy and sell 24 hours a day. With iTrust Capital, you also get the tax benefits of a retirement account while investing in crypto. Visit iTrustCapital.com to start investing today. That's iTrustCapital.com. Taxes and conditions may apply. Fees apply. Cryptocurrencies are a speculative investment with risk of loss. iTrust Capital Incorporated does not provide legal, investment, or tax advice. Consult with a qualified legal investment or tax professional. What's good, folks? Welcome back to the Ain't No Seats podcast. We're going to do a little more Chiefs coverage tonight. The NFL draft just wrapped up. We'll probably touch on some Tyreek Hill news a little bit. But I'm here with my guy, AB. Just me and AB in the studio tonight, talking in the mics. How are you? You know, I'm doing well. How are you doing, guy? I'm good. Yeah? You ready to talk some Chiefs? How do you feel about the draft? I feel great about it. I feel a lot like we of guys. every need, you know? Yeah, we did. Um, feel some guys that may have some uh, issues off the field, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so I feel like obviously the Tyreek news kind of changed things with our first pick, just kind because of a blessing that it happened. Like, not that it's good that it happened at all. Yeah, but the fact we found out two days before the draft or a day before the draft, whenever it was. Yeah, just so I, we didn't know the audio that, didn't the audio come out on Thursday? Yeah, so it came so, out the day of the first round, which we didn't have the pick, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But we had time to adjust because if it happened today, yeah. then it just kind of fucks us because we can't draft Hardman or a receiver to fill in or whatever. We'd be kind of screwed over that way. So yeah, I mean, who knew? I'm sure they kind of plan on taking a receiver just because we'll probably lose Sammy in a year or so. But I feel like having an extra day to maybe they thought they would take a receiver late, but then they had to kind of start looking at receivers earlier, and then maybe just because it's Tyreek that they looked at a speedy receiver mm-hmm. and Michael Hardman. Got, yeah, yeah Michael Hardman ran a four three three at the combine, which is insane. Love that. Not quite Tyreek speed, but. Well, no one is. There's no. no one in the world. Somehow I was listening to CDOT's show today on 610, and someone texted in, it's easy to find another cheetah. Just move on with him. No, it's fucking not. There's no, no one that good. Like, who's that fast ever? He's like the fastest human Yeah, like to not run track, but I to know. play like a professional sport. Someone was tweeting today that they think he could run a 4-1 somehow. Tyreek or yeah. Hardman? Tyreek. I mean... Just it was surprising. Watching him move was so like astonishing to see how much faster he was than other like 
elite athletes. I mean, he's got to be the most dynamic player in the league. He has to be. Who else would be? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's like mo- he's so explosive, and he's per- we talked about it last week how perfect he is with Pat. Not anymore, though. Yeah, you, you hate to see him. You never know, but yeah. So they go with the speed. They go with another burner who will probably be our punt returner also, and they'll probably use him a lot like they did Tyreek jet sweeps, bubble screens. Obviously, he's going to run deep routes, and Patrick Mahomes has a decent arm, so I feel yeah, like average. he could find Hardman deep. But yeah, so we had the sixty-first pick in the second round, and then they trade up to 56, and why I had Paris Campbell wrote down, <laughs> I feel like you probably thought we were trading up to get him, and I that's a we guy you wanted for. I thought to get Hakeem Butler, Paris Campbell, someone, because yeah. I hadn't heard of this Hardman guy. Like, I, I honestly lie, hadn't either. I haven't, like, looked into draft stuff like you or, like, other people, but Hardman was a surprise to everyone. Even, like, Arrowhead Pride's draft guy was saying he hadn't watched much film no. on him. He's going to have to, like, look into him more because he didn't even think it was, like a real option yeah and i was confused why we had to trade up for him but then what was it two days ago that a report came out that the jets were looking to trade up for him yeah they were going to trade with the eagles who had the 57th pick and we hopped one pick in front of that so i mean so i when brett veach really likes a guy he goes and gets him so if he doesn't go up to 56 he's not getting him and i trust veach so i was with it right Right. when i found that out i always kind of go with the mindset as they know more than us it's their job to do all this they've been doing it all year they have scouts Mm -hmm. for a reason so like trust with him whatever hopefully it works hopefully it fits but he was definitely gonna be taken before 61 so yeah hopefully it works and it'll be a you know good move if it works out obviously i mean i feel like if you want to play under any offensive mind it'd be i mean andy Reid's a great guy to start with i think pat mahomes will make any receiver in the world better just because he makes throws that a lot of guys can't make and if you got a guy that runs a 4-3-40 Pat's going to hit you in stride 60 yards down the field or however far, I mean, you want, really. He can make any throw, I think. Obviously, they still talk about Michael Hardman still kind of developing and the sample size is small. They said, I think he started at corner at Georgia, so he's only been a receiver for a few years. I mean, the stats aren't amazing, but also Georgia has a lot of fucking studs every year. Right, they've got just beasts on the outside, but... I don't know if he can. I, I won't expect much out of him first year, other than maybe some special teams and some like trick plays. But I think the way Veach has drafted in the past, it's two years ahead. Mm-hmm. And I mean the Chiefs, Chiefs in general, really. But once Sammy leaves, I would think the goal is for Hardman to be the number one option going from there, and then maybe we sign someone. I don't know. But I would think this year it's still Watkins all the way, and hopefully he stays healthy for the first time in his yeah. in his life. So yeah, that's why we we really had to take a receiver there. Absolutely. Had Just to. because you have, I mean, I think Demarcus and Pat have a nice little connection. I know that Pat's first preseason here, when he was th- making crazy throws and things like that, that he found Demarcus deep all the time. I think him and Gary Dieter had a great relationship, and I think that's another thing that people don't talk about with Pat is that he has a nice, he has a great relationship with all these players, even off the field. Right, and that just leads to chemistry, no doubt. And, and Pat's think, always putting in the work. You know they're probably going up oh to the God. field and running routes and just staying sharp for the season all the time. Definitely, especially with that Tyreek coming out, the news coming out like yeah. that. I mean, Some, you have to. We have to have guys step up. That's everyone right. knows that. And it's going to sound bad, but you would think just as competitors and athletes like Dieter and Robinson, their eyes kind of lit up a little bit. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to be a top two or three option for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, like I mean, it's like a career breaking move for them. Yeah, and like another, they're going to get paid in three years now, probably. And it's also fucked to say about Sammy that they probably, I mean, people know he has injury history. He's injury prone. So right. 
if Sammy goes down, then you're looking at D-Rob at one, at the number one, unless they go out and somehow make a trade or whatever. There's some vets available, too. Like, Crabtree's available. I yeah. Know. I mean, it'd be nice. Michael I mean, Crabtree right now is going to be a number one option, but I mean, think about the age of our receivers right now. There's not really a guy that can really – and there's no vets, so it's like they right. can't really – I mean, if a guy like Crabtree came in, he'd probably help – maybe help – I mean, he's been in the league forever, help – Dieter and D-Rob and even Sammy still young like he could learn some things but you don't really have a vet that can come in and teach these guys the ropes or things like that and yeah like we were talking last week with Pat Pete yeah at corner he would just help the whole room but no I agree with that 100% we might as well still trade for that guy at least one of the corners one good. of the Vikings corners or I heard Pat Pete was good at football so he's all right we need some corners huh yeah I know. And Didn't really touch on that early, but... So when we traded up to 56, who in your mind did you think we might take? I thought it was Campbell for sure, because yeah. all those corners had just, like, gone. There was a massive corner run, and I know Greedy fell. Yeah. But when did the Browns take him? Like, 50 or 51? Yeah. It was, like, it coming was... up to the point where I was, like, in the back of my Maybe mind, thought he'll... he might fall to us at 61. Yeah. Which... I wonder if I wonder if Veach was even thinking about trading up for Greedy. I'm sure it crossed his mind. I know... Well, the whole conversation about trading up to get Hardman was that they were calling to trade down. Mm -hmm. Like, teams were calling them, and that's why they thought they were going to call up. Or that Hardman was going to go early, and they needed to trade up for him. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure the way that they always tell the public is if you're not open to anything, then you're not doing your job just because you never know what's going to come. You can, I mean, they're not going to say it out loud, but if someone came with a Patrick Mahomes offer, yeah, at least listen if it's absolutely insane. Like, yeah. There's no one that's off the table, off the table. So Ever. I'm sure it came up at some point. I don't know yeah. how serious it got. but I don't know. I kind of had a feeling that we were going to trade up for like DK Metcalf or like someone. I knew I had a feeling we would take a speedy receiver. Obviously, a lot of people probably thought maybe even defense, though, at 56, just because right. everyone talks about how we need defense. But, yeah, I didn't really know about Nicole Hardman. And so I kind of <laughs> thought Paris Campbell, too, because – you kind of need a burner if you're losing Tyreek, and then right. but it they was, take Hardman, who's maybe the fastest guy in the class. It was one of those picks, and we talked about it last week, where they make the pick, and I'm like, who? Like I said that with Marcus oh, yeah. Peters, I'm like, who do they just take? Yeah, I heard me Cole, and right. I was like, I was like, is that can't be a person? But once I saw a receiver and they started showing film, it made sense. He's just he's so fast. He's Tyreek Hill light yeah. version. Which, That's the thing with Tyreek coming out is he was he was a running back in college, really. Like everyone, everyone wasn't sure about him running routes or everyone knew how fast he was. And then he kind of was going off in training camp, went off in the preseason. I don't know. So maybe it kind of slowly, but surely I know he had that touchdown. Was it week two against Pittsburgh when we lost by a thousand? He had that one touchdown to kind of spark him, but then he had like nine yeah. or ten touchdowns. And finished I remember the year. he scored week one too against San Diego when we were That's getting right. blasted. He was like throwing his arms around. Yeah. And then we came, yeah, and then we came back. Um, but yeah, I mean, four three three speed. Obviously, super excited. He had seven catches of thirty plus yards last year. And then what people aren't talking about really. Well, I guess Veach is kind of talking about it, but him as a return guy, right? Which you know the Chiefs value that. Yeah, Dave Tobe talked about him being reminding him of Devin Hester, which I think he said the same thing about Tyreek. Yeah, if we can get, if Hardman is Hester overall as a player, it's a disappointment. Yeah, like as a receiver, as a returner, obviously I'd love that. But if he's like Hester as a returner, but like twice the receiver that Hester was, yeah. I'm all for that. But Hester was never as he was like Dante Hall. No. I mean, yeah, Dante so Hall is one of my favorite Chiefs ever, but he just didn't do anything on offense. He was just a return specialist. Hardman averaged 20.1 20, 20. yards per punt return last year. Punt return? Yeah. 
Jesus. So I wonder I wonder if they I'm sure they'll probably keep Tremont Smith at kicker turn. Yeah. And then well, kicker turns don't even matter that much anymore. No. Touchback ninety percent. He was time. really good last year. He was. He had that one against New England. He almost brought it back. Yeah, which so. is I mean, if you can have a key return late, you get towards midfield or Yeah. I mean at this point kick returns, like I just said, they just don't matter. But if you can no. get one or two over the span of a year where they take it back and put us within like the red zone or something. Yeah. I mean it's game changing, which can turn into season changing, obviously. But yeah, so I know uh, Veach called him the best return man in the class. So you got to be excited about him. Like he's just gonna bring a lot to the table just with his speed. But another guy I thought we might take at fifty six was one of the I think Veach's favorite safety in the class, Juan Thornhill, who we end up getting at sixty three. Fallen thrilled with that pick. Yeah, everyone loves that pick. Super thrilled, and it kind of I know Earl Thomas is amazing, and like yeah, proven whatever, but. Part of me, it sounds crazy because he's an all-pro, but part of me is kind of excited that we didn't end up getting him, and now maybe Juan Thornhill starts at free safety. There's definitely an argument with that because, what, Thomas was a one-year deal yeah. coming off a broken leg. And you honestly, you can't trust him to be healthy right now. Right. I know you don't sign a guy and you say, oh, he's going to get hurt or he might get hurt. Like exactly. You just sign him because that's who the player is. But I don't know. Veach wants to stay young, and I think Tyron Matthew and – Thornhill, why can't they be our safety for the whole next three to five years? Yeah, for this little Super right. Bowl window everyone talks about. Because, like, I mean, like you were saying, Thomas comes in, recovering from an injury. We don't draft Thornhill at all. What do we do the year after that in 2020, 2021? Yeah. Find someone else in the draft, I guess. But now we have, it's weird how many, like, positions of need we have in reality when you look at it. Yeah. Like, last year, it was just so loaded, I felt like. But now we need corner, we need running back, we need mm-hmm. receiver at some point, yeah. especially next year. Travis Kelsey's going to get old at some point. What is he, 30 already? Yeah, 29 or 30. Upper upper 20s. So it's just like all those draft picks you need. And we haven't had a ton lately, especially early, because we keep trading them. So I know. I feel like with Veach, we're never going to have a first rounder ever. We'll somehow trade a first this offseason to get like Patrick Peterson or. Right. Which I'd be fine with. Xavier Rhodes or someone like that. I want Rhodes or Pete. But, but, like, at 29 on Thursday, it's like, who were we going to take? Maybe right. they trade back in the second, or maybe they take Byron Murphy. But, I don't know, after day one, I felt great that we were going to get two studs, and I'm sure Veach felt the same. Right. And we took two guys with position of need. And now that we know more, we didn't know the audio recordings of Tyreek before we recorded last time. But yeah, now we can fully say that Frank Clark just took Tyreek Hill's long-term contract. Yeah, That's all for it was. Sure. So, like, paying him, to me, doesn't really matter anymore. Cause no. like it's that contract you just substitute the name it was going to be on our books regardless so i mean we give up 29 if you just look at it that way who was drafted 29th like collier from tcu yeah, tcu's d end like Which, yeah there's a lot of guys there at 29 but i mean there's no frank be, clark guys at right, 29 the chiefs Which, think he's a top five defensive player defensive player of the year candidate like if he's actually that like, he's far better than the 29th overall pick and the chiefs are literally listing frank clark as their first round pick like, I how know. good does that look? I can't First wait. rounder, Frank Clark, Mecole Hardman, Juan, Thorn, Juan Thornhill, Colin Sanders. That's a nice... Your boy, Sanders. Yeah. We'll get to him, but... Yeah, but yeah, with Juan Thornhill, like, super versatile. Play anywhere. Yeah, so... They, have, they said he, in uh, college, he played safety, played, like, the nickel, he played linebacker, and was playing corner, too. Like, he can play wherever he Now, a, in the NFL, it's a little different, because college is so, like, the athletes are just different, but... I mean, just to guy or to have a guy that can play anywhere on the field is just beyond yeah. valuable. I mean, it's like baseball utility man; you can just plug him in wherever. I That's, know he could probably play some nickel corner. Maybe they, maybe they see him as a corner someday. Who knows? They could. Maybe that. Maybe that was their thought. Just plug him in at corner instead of safety. Because I mean, we do have decent depth at 
safety. I know there's two guys that are young. Well, three guys. Lucas, Watts. And now Thornhill. Right. So who Eric knows Murray. what. I mean. Yeah. Well, Murray's well, gone. We traded Murray for, what was the? Ogba. Yeah. Ogba. Ogba. I thought it was Ogba, but Veach Emmanuel is, Ogba. I think Veach said Ogba or something. Well, I sure never know how to pronounce the name. Hopefully we hear his names. name once or twice during the season. <laughs> yeah. Get a few sacks. So, I mean, like even David Johnson, the Cardinals running back, said that safety duo of Juan Thorn. He tweeted like that safety duo of Juan Thornhill and Tyron Matthew, like with fire emojis. When I saw you tweeted that, I thought we were trading for David Johnson. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, my God. I'd what would you have pants. to give up for him, you think? Just running backs just aren't that valued. Yeah. I don't know. Second or third. He wasn't that good last year and the year before he got hurt, so I just, I don't know. Yeah, but when I saw that was my first reaction. I just always love those conspiracies on Twitter. You see one person tweet something, and but what well, you tweet, you quoted, and I quoted it the other night too. Some like fake NFL insider tweeted that uh, Patrick Peterson could be traded as early as Saturday yeah. morning, and I was for sure. I was about to buy a customized Patrick Peterson jersey, but <laughs> everyone says like Chiefs when there's Patrick Peterson rumors. That's what like all the replies were. It even makes that too much. Sense. Even that one player said that. Like, why would he know Chiefs? Right. It's just so weird that he tweeted that. And he's like, not connected to the Chiefs at all. He never, yeah, he never so, played like, for the why Chiefs. Would he just randomly say that. I know. So yeah, I don't know. That's why. I mean, they. It was like day three rumors. Saturday was day three. You're not going to trade a 2019 day three pick for Pat Pete. So it makes me think that obviously could still be coming. Veach is still willing to give 2020 picks. Well, what did you say earlier today off the air that Veach said we still have a lot of cap space to make the team better this year? Yeah. There's no one worth adding in free agency. That no. just makes me think we're going to make a trade and they kind of like maybe vets but that like wouldn't even be expensive you know like he says we have the caps like he's i feel like he's talking about maybe making a big move and that's kind of how they drafted corner wise yeah like they just i know man they didn't it's like none of them really fell to them which i kind of understand but also with as aggressive as beach is he would have traded up if there was somebody really really wanted oh i know because he's super aggressive right so he he talks about it all the time work he would have i don't know but like they could have done what the Browns did exactly for greedy. So, maybe he didn't like it made them. Maybe think that there's a trade coming. Yeah, whether it be a big splash like Pat Pete or Xavier Rhodes or I someone mean, small like the Charbarius Ward deal last yeah. year, which seems to be working out okay. Yeah, the Vikings have the lowest cap space in the league right now. What they was don't it, like one and a half million before yeah, rookie signings, like one point six, and you still got to sign. I mean, they had a fir- they have they had a first rounder or whatever. They've drafted plenty of guys that they still need to sign. So. And I know Zimmer and uh, Rhodes aren't really getting along out there, so if you get rid of Rhodes, you're fucking taking $10 million off the cap space this year. Bring his ass in. Yeah, I would love Rhodes, love Pat Peterson, maybe some Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander for the Vikings. All of them? All well, of them. I'm just, like, any of them. No, I know. I was just messing with you. I, just, I feel like we need more depth. I know maybe Keith Reeser or whatever from the Alliance will be good. People talked about him. He should have made the team last year with the Chiefs, but right. I don't know. I'm super excited about safety. I feel like we can run some crazy packages where we bring in either Lucas or Watts and have Thornhill deep, and you have Tyron Matthew blitzing the quarterback, shit like that. I just feel like Tyran and Juan Thornhill are going to oh be the God. starting safeties in Kansas City for years. I would hope so. What was uh, Tyron's deal? Three years? Four years? I think three. Might have to look it up, yeah. but I'm pretty sure it is but three. Either way, I mean that's kind of the window we're looking at with Pat right now before we have to start paying him like big, big money. So yeah, but so with the second round picks, we definitely took guys with need, and then the third rounder, I feel like Brett just took best available and a guy that he really loves. Board, yeah. I know, I I feel like D line is pro- was probably our 
like greatest strength on the defense before we Especially took him. Especially going into the draft. Just because you got Chris, Chris Jones is going to be amazing for years. Frank Clark, Naughty showed signs last year. They signed Alex Okafor. And then, I mean, inside linebackers kind of weak. Safety was a question mark before Thornhill. Right. And then corner. So it could have been a corner. I don't know. I feel like maybe Justin Lane and Julian Love are still there. But mm-hmm. with Saunders, I th- think he's going to be amazing. And I think him and Chris Jones next to each other on the line will be insane. I don't know if he's going to start right away. I know they still got Derek Naughty, right. Xavier Williams. But but that's like the one position group that's just so interchangeable. Yeah. Like, no D linemen play all three downs. No. Especially on the interior. You gotta have depth on the D line, right? So they'll just be going in and out. So I love it. You love it. You were I love it. You were all about it. I think you texted me. Your quote was, "It tells me that they're not going to let the run beat us this year." No, because that was it was tough last year because we couldn't stop that. But yeah, we couldn't stop the pass. Yeah, but we're like Alex Gordon in 2017. Like we can't catch up to a fastball, so we're going to guess fastball. They're going to get us with a curveball. Like yeah, it's it just made it impossible for us to do anything because we. I know. Just I mean, never knew what was coming because we couldn't stop either thing. Yeah, obviously the run, stopping the run stops up front. I feel like every Sunday it was Chiefs fans like these fucking. They can't stop the run. Yeah. Like it was like it was like they'd run for a first down every rush. It'd be like right. seven yards a carry. It was embarrassing. And if you can st- if you can hold them to run and stuff it all the time, you just know pass is coming. Yeah, and just naturally it makes the pass easier to defend. I mean, how many times? How many? How much attention and space are Chris Jones and like even. I don't know, say Saunders, him and Saunders, or him and Naughty. Like, that's two guys would be chipping Just on Chris Jones, and then the you middle. got Frank Clark, or you right. got maybe Speaks will be a good pass rusher, and then Saunders, like Saunders, Saunders and Clark are insane pass rushers right. for interior D linemen. And we know that Spag likes to be aggressive yeah. and bring different packages and blitzes. And I know I you know. brought up Matthew coming into blitz, so yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see a lot of stuff, and I'm looking forward to it because. I mean, they're we'll, going to we'll get so much attention. Right. Like, it's scary how. Athletic Saunders is too. Well, didn't he play running back? He's like two hundred eighty-five yeah. pounds. Played running back in high school. Yeah, and I know he caught a touchdown at Western mm-hmm. Illinois. Good catch too. It wasn't like a yeah. like a wide open one. No. He went up went up and over someone and dragged I mean, his foot. How fancy does Andy Reid get in the red zone? Too fancy for my liking, but I mean, I know that's what he did with Ontario Poe. Yeah, Poe. Who was before him that would come in? Was it Sean Smith or what? Someone got like a fullback dive over the middle. I don't know. He's had Tyreek yeah. Hill throw passes in the red zone. I think he threw an interception against Denver. It was like a, yeah. it was like the Christmas game or yeah. something like that. I think it's, it was the same game that fucking Poe threw the touchdown. What a time that was! Hopefully, but I can, now that I he guarantee best, he'll have packages for Saunders. Right. Which now you don't really need to be as creative because you have Pat. Yeah. So like when you have Alex Smith, it's like he's yeah. a good quarterback, but it's almost like. Can he go make the play now that you need him to? But yeah. With Pat, I mean, it's just you're not going to stop him if you just go straight up, beat us now. So, I don't know. We'll see. I could see I'm just you know, excited. a little fullback dive. Yeah, I'm excited about Saunders just because dominated at the FCS. Not the Obviously, it's no FBS, but he goes right. to the Senior Bowl with some of the best seniors in the country, and he was like the talk of the week mm-hmm. at the Senior Bowl. Like, I know the Senior Bowl, they're not going I – don't, I don't watch the game really. Like, do they play that hard? I can't say that I watch it, but it's more of just a showcase. I feel like I, th- I feel like most of it comes the week prior where they're the doing drills. all the drills, right? And yeah. he was dominating. Exactly. He's just I don't I don't it's know. Like I'm super excited the about the D line, and it starts up front. Like if I don't know, guys were getting to the second level all last year. Like you have Hitchens trying to tackle Dion Lewis in New England, or who was their running back from 
George. Oh, uh, uh, Sony Michelle. Sony, yeah. Yeah. Like he's not gonna, like one on one, he's not gonna probably not gonna chase either of them down. Right, and he seems like a goofy dude too, from what I've heard, and just a Colin. Yeah. Yeah. So and him so and Chris him Jones and Chris are gonna love each other. That's They're the thing. Be dancing is, on the field on third down like they have, always do. We have a lot of funny guys in the locker room, but those same guys play with an attitude. Right. Like every guy we drafted, I feel like plays with an attitude or has like a chip on their shoulder or whatever right but no i'm looking forward to it like i said we drafted everything we needed i feel like it's just crazy how far along our d lines came in like a year yeah no it really has i mean it's weird because it's like changing scheme so you kind of have to expect some change but like there's so many new faces in there when you go through we've already gone through some of them but like like you lose d ford and justin houston you kind of alan bailey and yeah i almost feel better about it oh for sure because you got a guy, you brought a guy in that's better than probably all three of them, at least right now. I know Justin right. Houston used to be elite, but obviously he's not the same guy. Good so you bring in a guy Clark. that's better. I don't know much about Alex Okafor, but Chris Jones had fucking 15 and a half sacks last right. year, which is insane. Which makes me wonder if he'll ever play DN. Like, what if he plays on the outside and then. Well, I know it's crazy, but what if you had Frank Clark, Naughty, Naughty Saunders. Jones. Yeah, but the thing is, you paid Alex Oak for like eight million a year, so you would right. think that's starter money. Well, like nowadays, I feel like they're looking for the more athletic interior guys, like Aaron Donald and Chris Jones. They're kind of similar, where they're not your typical three hundred and fifty pound nose guard. Yeah, but they're more athletic. They get back quicker than more of just a power, but they also they still have the power. I just don't know if Jones is ever gonna in today's NFL fit to play the outside. I guess. Yeah. Because those are more like linebackers nowadays. But I don't know. I guess we'll see. Maybe he slims down a little bit. We play all four of them. But yeah, like I just, we said earlier, they're all interchangeable. So like yeah. they're never probably going to be on the field at the same time. So it's good to have depth. Like exactly, you'll have Speaks coming off. Probably Speaks coming off the bench. Maybe one of Saunders and uh, Derek Naughty stuff like Xavier Williams. Like that's a nice backup, Xavier oh, yeah. Williams. And they'll just like I've been saying, I'll keep hammering and then just yeah. switch them in every play, every down. Yeah. Big and guys I think, don't want to win them too much. I think guy, having guys up front to stop the run just obviously it makes it easier for guys like Raglan and Hitchens to just come up and make hits and not have as much pressure like right. in the back of your mind that the running back's going to get to the second level every play. Well, not even just helping the linebackers, but like just helping the secondary too. If the, if you're stuffing the run, they're just not going to run as much. They're not going to know they can get seven yards whenever they want. So now the corners can sit back a little bit. They don't have to worry about run help, the safeties too. So just it makes it more predictable on our end to like – know what's coming in a way not having to worry about a you know a dive play go for seven like baltimore did on down our throats all night but i don't know we'll see i'm getting too excited when football doesn't start for five months just think about how young that d-line is like i'm sitting back thinking chris jones colin saunders frank clark like all of them under 25 years old Yep, that's insane i love it they're all gonna be around for a while too because i we haven't paid jones yet but we're going to like we need to pay him right now we're going to for sure he doesn't seem like the kind of guy to hold out, but like I feel like that's all from the agent. Yeah. And he can ask for more money now, so I wouldn't be surprised. I bet something gets done within the next couple months. Yeah, before just think camp hits. think about how young our defense is right now. Like for this for this Super Bowl uh window. Frank Clark, Colin Saunders, Naughty. I didn't even say Naughty when we said the young D lineman. Mm-hmm. Naughty, Chris Jones, Kendall Fuller, Tyron Matthew. Now you got Juan Thornhill, Armani Watts. Traverius Jordan Ward. Lucas, Charvarius, Hitchens isn't old at all. He seems right. old, but he's Raglan. not. Yeah, and I don't I don't think Brashad Breland's not insanely old. No. 
But, I mean, that's what you have to do. When you have a quarterback on a rookie deal, it's the most valuable thing in sports. Be aggressive, go out, get yeah. guys, and take advantage of it. That's why I have a feeling you might trade for, like, Trey Waynes, who's still pretty young, too. What if he trades? Are there any receivers out there that are, like, on the market that could come in and... I don't know. I mean, I know... like, Devontae uh, Parker for Miami? What if they got, like, uh, what if they got Ross from Cincy? Yeah, has he... The burner. I know he sucks, but, dude, this thing... I don't think he sucks. He just can't stay healthy. Yeah, true. He's been hurt all the time. I just will be excited about any receiver just because of our quarterback and our coach. Exactly. They'll make anyone look good. Already has. I mean, hell, how many players caught a touchdown last year for us? I don't know. tie the record like 13 or something like that? I mean, like without Kelsey and Hill, he would have still had an insane amount of touchdowns. Right. 20. I think they said more than Tom or something. Without those I think two. it was like tied with Brady and Rodgers. They both had like 27 or something like that. That's insane. But No, we got Blake Bell, too. The Belldozer. Yeah. Back up tight I know. That's, well, I was no thinking, more incomplete Trius Harris. I was thinking they would take a tight end, too, in the draft. But I feel like they could find a cheap backup. and Yeah, backup tight ends are somewhat yeah. easy to come by. So. And we have a decent starting tight end. He's all right. Maybe, Maybe the, the best, best in the league. I don't know. He's all right. I can't believe Gronk's done. <laughs> what a weird career. Yeah. He's like, I know. is he even 30? He's Kelsey's age, I feel like. Yeah, he's like 30, maybe barely over 30. Right. He was just always hurt. Him and his bionic arm. God. He, he was so dominant. <laughs> I think he had 17 touchdowns one year. Yeah. No, he was. They list him and Kelsey as like the same size, but I don't buy it. There's no way. Gronk is an animal. But. He's just so funny how he runs and stuff. Like, oh Kelsey's God. so elusive. Yeah, oh, for sure. Kelsey, he played quarterback in high school, just like every other player in the history of football. Yeah. That's one thing I noticed about the draft. Cole and I were talking, but it's just like every player that's taken played quarterback in high school at some point. I know. Or played just basketball, athletes. too. Every tight end played basketball. They only show basketball highlights for those guys. Gates. Thornhill, too. Did you see those basketball highlights? 44-inch vertical. Yeah. Insane. He's like six foot, and he's dunking in his high school championship games. Dude, so that insane. inbounds play, that they threw him that oop. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It looks like like Mike just floating in the air. <laughs> unreal i can't wait for him but yeah i'm so excited about how young the defense is and i feel like i mean we talked about it last week i think you touched on it was you can't just make the defense great overnight it's step by step and you gotta fill in holes you gotta have depth right and we almost feels overnight though with how fast it's happened this offseason we've changed almost every position i know i feel i feel weirdly good about the defense and even with the defensive line i think brendan daly defensive line coach from new england that everyone hypes up obviously i don't know everything in the world about him and even the linebackers coach we got uh matt house yeah from kentucky Kentucky. i just think our staff knows that kentucky people don't talk about how much change how many changes we had on the defensive staff i think that makes it better right there it does make it better this isn't like a realistic question but it's something i fell asleep to while i was dabbling in some uh greenery the other night but like i had a realistic thought that i was more confident in our defense than our offense like when the tyreek stuff came out which is insane to think about with pat being pat yeah but it was like we just signed it's probably because we're that's all we're focused on right now and that's right. the only signings are coming from right and i don't know it was just like it was bananas and i don't think i actually think it but the fact that it even came close and it came to my mind it's like it says a lot when you think yeah. about what happened last year and what eventually and eliminated us from the playoffs yeah so and talking about this right now makes me feel good about the depth at most positions like we just talked about Other maybe corner naughty, I think we're very stacked at every position yeah naughty or saunders or speaks even Passanwa, alex okafor tana was he gonna make the roster this year i don't know and then even agba and guys like that and then at corner you got keith reaser ward breeland 
Rashad Breeland, Kendall Fuller. Right. Hopefully someone we trade. And then safety, even you have Sorensen as your last safety probably right now. So if a guy goes down, I mean, like Dorian O'Daniel, like I'm thinking inside linebacker, like if one of those guys goes down, like you bring in Dorian O'Daniel. or I hope O'Daniel starts from the jump. Like if Naughty got hurt, here comes Colin Saunders or uh, vice versa. Xavier Williams like he has someone like. Good depth at most positions. Right, which is what you need. It yeah. does happen. It's football. Every single year something happens. But as far as the other picks, I mean, do you really want to touch on, like, Fenton? He's a corner. I feel like I they mean, just took a corner because yeah, they needed a corner. That's the only one I'm not really sure about. I Obviously, when corner popped across the screen, I was a little happy just because I felt like that was our biggest knee at that time. I, I know just felt like they kind of – He they, needs some developmenting. Right. And developmenting? <laughs> he needs to develop – he needs some developing. Oh, yeah. But I just feel like they kind of had the thought if they left the draft without any corner at all, they oh would my get some heat for it. Yeah. So they just took one, which I don't think he's going to make an impact, but we'll see. No. I mean, who knows? He was a punt returner, too, I guess. So. Right. I mean, but Darwin Thompson. Yeah. Super excited football. about him. I saw some tweets come up. For when a six-rounder, too. Like, yeah. all that excitement. Someone said that he was uh, – got off to look up who it was. It was like a – Dion Lewis. It was Dion Lewis and someone else. I'm pulling Tariq right Cohen. Now. That's who it was. Yeah. It was Tariq Cohen without like the vertical stretch. Yeah. But like, I mean, if we have, you know, we already got the weapons to go deep. So like, if we can get a hybrid of Tariq Cohen and yeah. Dion Lewis in the sixth round, I am. I mean, amped. he's five eight. He's a monster. Breaks insane tackles. I feel like Andy Reid's going to use him in the screen game all the oh, time. Yeah. And he had 14 touchdowns last year at Utah State and like yeah. 1500 total yards. But, I mean, it was from punt returners, from catching, us from running. Yeah. He does everything. So, I mean, who knows? He averaged 6.8 a carry. 7 a carry. Love it. Utah State was electric last year. Yeah. Shout out to them. 15 yards per catch, too. It's insane. And what I heard, I, like, he's got insane, like, balance. Yeah. So, like, obviously there's a difference in, ba- like, balancing after you get hit in the Mountain West Conference and then mm-hmm. balancing after you get hit by, like, Vaughn Miller. Yeah, but I mean, if he can, it's five eight elusive. Right. If he can stay on the tackles, speed, like, like, I mean, watching his just watching highlights, like that people put on Twitter is like he broke tackles, kind of like Kareem, and right. And he, he also, doesn't have the breakaway think, speed, but he's. I mean, you don't really need that. They kind of. I forget what the exact stat was, but it was like it was another stat about fumbles. How he never ever fumbled in college, just like right. Kareem. Yep. It's not and like then he fumbled. And Kareem's probably. I don't know how tall was Kareem, five ten. Yeah, five ten, five. And 11. huge legs and broke every single tackle. Right. I just think I think Darwin could be a three down back. I'm not going to say he's going to come in and start, but I mean, there's not like we have an amazing running back on this roster. There's going to be well, some competition between Williams, Hyde, him, other Williams right. maybe. Well, that's what happened with Kareem too. Like when we yeah. took him, we weren't expecting him to start right away. No. And then Spencer Ware got hurt in the preseason. He just kind of stepped in. So you never really know. Running back's like the most replaceable position in football. Who knows? Maybe you hit. Maybe you don't. If you don't, it's a six-round pick. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, and it's not like he's like a, I don't know, not like a Deion Lewis, like that only comes in kind of on third down or doesn't play all third downs. Like he's jacked. Like he's huge and right. breaks so many tackles and can catch the ball. So maybe maybe he becomes a featured back here. And maybe, I mean, our running back history is insane in KC. We've had so, so many maybe he's, in a row. Maybe he's the next great one. Could be. You never know. I mean, he's with with Pat. I keep bringing him up, but he's gonna. They're gonna play so many guys in the secondary, and like, not like they're not gonna avoid stopping the run, but it's not paid as attention to as like if you have Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Like they're not gonna stack the box on us ever. So, yeah, who knows? As long as you can find the hole, vision's important. I guess he's got the vision. So yeah, go out, find the hole, give us 
50 yards a game, I'm good. Yeah, and every Chiefs fan kind of had the mentality that we would take a running back at some point. And did right. you see what Veach said today about Darwin? No, I didn't. He said he was like, he called every single team when we were 12 picks away. He called every single team that was above us trying to trade up for him. And he said the whole room was nervous that he wasn't going to drop because really? there's a few teams that needed a running back, but they didn't end up taking him. And so he was ready to trade up, but he couldn't make a deal at all. So it's kind of crazy to me when I like think about the draft room for like the sixth and seventh rounds. Like when I follow it, I just like, who cares? Six or seven, throw a dart. Yeah. Hopefully it sticks. Hopefully they make the roster. Yeah. And they're still in there trying to trade up six spots to get a running back from the Mountain West. I know. Like, so Veach, it's crazy to me. I love it. Veach really wanted him, and I, I trust Veach as a talent evaluator, so maybe Darwin Thompson's going to be our future back. hope so. Maybe the next great Kansas City Chief running back. I would hope so. We'll see. But And then uh, two picks later, first pick of the seventh round, Nick Allegretti, I think. Yeah. Is his name, center from Illinois. Um, he was tied for first in pass blocking efficiency in the whole class. Was he? Ninety nine point four. Okay, that's big. So and you're he, giving me stats. I haven't even heard these. I love it. He gave up zero QB hits last year, and then his last fifteen games at Illinois, he gave up how many sacks? Three. I don't know. That's a big conference. Minus three. Zero. Yeah. Give up a single sack against Rashawn Gary and Chase Winovich. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Zero sacks in his last 15 games there. Did he sit in the Michigan games? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's insane. Maybe. Yeah, I know. So, I don't know. A lot of people like that pick a lot. Like, I read an article today that he said it was the steal of the draft, which is, like you said, late in the rounds. Right. So, a, lot a lot of people of have your rounders, yeah. Like, you just hope that they make the roster. If he's a steal of the draft and can start, I mean, I, mean, I don't feel great about our interior line, but. People were talking about us taking a center in the first round, that Garrett Bradbury dude. <laughs> I so so maybe you just found your starter at center for the next however many years. I know we got Austin Reader, a mm-hmm. couple. I mean, I don't know who else we even have, but it'll be probably I feel between like our him interior and interior offensive line. The past five years has been like a thousand names. They just yeah they switch it so often, and they can't find anyone to stick. So hopefully, yeah. Who knows? Maybe he will be. Maybe he won't be. Like I said earlier, it's seventh rounder. If he doesn't hit, yeah, but who cares? like we just talked about. You, that's another position you have depth. You have either Reader or Allegretti if someone goes down. Right. If either one goes down, we don't want them to get hurt. But it I like our – happens. We lost Mitch Morse, a great player for us when he was on the field. But I felt like a lot of people knew we would take a center throughout the draft. Oh, yeah. We so had we got to. A, a lot of people like him. I don't know. On Twitter, Allegretti, they said it was a great pick. I don't obviously don't know shit about a center from Illinois. Right. I mean, but, who knows? I'm not going to act like I'm studying the offensive line, even in the NFL. I'm just seeing 15 drop back, make a yeah, throw. Yeah, literally. But if he's not allowing sacks, he that's to, big. Yeah. Keep Pat healthy, I'm sure that was a big reason why they took him. Hopefully that translates to the NFL. And yeah, I mean, I like our O-line. I feel like we have a lot of solid guys. Right, the old guys. I feel like both tackles are good. I think Tardif's one of the best guards in the league. Yeah, hopefully you can stay healthy. Love that guy. So, yeah, just hopefully the old first pick of the seventh round can keep our handsome quarterback healthy what a guy how <laughs> devastated if he got hurt stop can you imagine dude Sorry, i was that's all i need stop i'm done i was celebrating my cousin's 21st birthday on saturday and this guy that was there that's a chiefs fan like said three or four times dude i just think pat's gonna get hurt this year i don't know what it is i was like dude can you please fucking stop 
Is he a KU fan too? Just everything in the sports world going negative. You just kind of expect. I don't know if he is or not, but he kept saying that Pat was going to get hurt. It's like, dude, you should probably not say that ever again. Right. Knock on wood or do something. Like, leave the room, please. <laughs> Never talk to me again. <laughs> so, yeah. And then I know I'm insane, but I want to talk about a few undrafted free agents. We got Mark Fields, the quarterback, the cornerback from Clemson. A lot of people hyping him up on Twitter, talking about how he easily should have been drafted. Clemson's not an awful college football school. I feel like I <laughs> see them play some games every once in a yeah, while. Yeah, they're all right. So Defensive he was man. on the field for a national championship team last year. And then the other guy that people are talking about is the Texas linebacker, Gary Johnson. Heard a rumor that Chiefs have done decent with linebackers named Johnson from Texas. Maybe once. Yeah. The, I, old, the old Derek. Yeah, the guy that uh, really, I don't know, he kind of brutalized Marcus Mariota in the playoff game. I can't believe they let him play football after Forward that. progress. Yeah. You really hate to see that one. Best call in NFL history. I don't know Thank what God they compare. let Jeff Triplett officiate that game. Love it. Now he's what? He's like an ESPN rules analyst or something? Yeah. So funny every time I see his Oh, my God. I get so pissed. God. What a it's so game. shitty to, like use that play for them coming back because we were up 21-3 at half that well at they, got, home. they got a field goal after that oh right? yeah yeah so it's i was in vegas for that one bizarre take but justin houston literally recovered that ball he literally grabbed the ball with one hand he would have scored yeah i mean and if he doesn't no it was like we had like three defenders by the ball and there was one offensive lineman going back to recover it Justin Houston ain't getting tackled, first no. off. And he's not Remember getting caught that? by an offensive lineman. Remember that ball he returned against the Redskins that helped us cover the spread and the game oh, went over? And no time. one could tackle him? I was so happy with that. I had Chiefs minus six and a half That or was something. crazy. It Everyone was, was the, tweeting about that. One of the worst beats of all time. But I know. It's me, like, even if he doesn't score, we get the ball there close to midfield. And it, no matter what, it takes three points off the board. Right. And, you, and how much did we win? How much did we lose by? One know. single point the best take the field goal away and it's just a fluke game whatever you never should blow that lead at arrowhead but i, I don't like, know why we resort to talking about chiefs playoff i sound like now. ryan over here saying fluke <laughs> just a fluke performance ryan loves talking about fluke <laughs> fluke, 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 fluke. <laughs> but yeah i don't know that game sucked i didn't want to be a fan after that we i've got, never stopped being a fan but i was like dude i can't take this anymore i went to indy for the 38 10 game i was at that game saw the ravens game Steelers game, six field goals. That was like, you. Th- how nervous do you get for playoff games? How nervous were you? The thing is with f- the Chiefs is you watch a playoff game, you watch them lose, and every year you're like, oh, it can't get worse than that, no. can it? And every year it gets worse. Like it's so hard to say that an 18-point blown lead is worse than the 28-point lead in Indy, but being at Arrowhead just made it worse, and I thought the Titans were the worst playoff team I've ever seen make it. Think about the last five playoff appearances. We had 38-10 in Indy, like you said, which is just an all-time meltdown. <laughs> then we lost in New England, which, to me, that team, if they win that game, they go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. They beat Denver that year in Denver. Peyton was in. Eh. Like, I just feel like that team was going to. got so lucky. And, like, I don't know. Like, If you rewatch that New England game, it was a lot closer and a lot flukier, like Ryan would say, than people oh, yeah. remember. And then we go. That seven-minute, 10-yard drive exactly. we went on. We were at the 10-yard line. It took like five minutes to score. We were huddling and shit. That's the only thing with Andy. That's the only knock right. on him. And then the Steelers game, you score two touchdowns. They score zero. You lose. Yeah. Hilarious. 
Then the 21-3 to against the Titans, and then the D4 offsides against the Patriots oh, yeah. when you literally won to go to the Super Bowl. It makes you think you're cursed. I, like, now we're just getting closer and closer to going to the Super Bowl, and then something insane happens that no one in the world ever lines up offsides he didn't by, even, like, five he, inches. Yeah, I mean, his whole I looked at the picture today. His whole body was across the line. we got to stop talking about yeah. this. I'm going to get depressed. I know. So, yeah, Gary Johnson, I don't know. I've seen highlights of the guy, but I feel like the weakest group right now is linebackers. So... I would say corner, but we can yeah. agree to disagree. Just depth-wise, I mean, linebackers. I would also argue linebacker might be the it least important position. It depends on Charvarius, because I kind of trust Breland and yeah. Fuller. Especially, I mean, they play together too, so maybe that'll make them. I don't know. I feel like everyone. I feel like just having some leaders on the defense, some nasty attitude, will also make the defense a little better. Right. I don't know. Raglan and Hitchens. I don't know if I can trust them. Raglan needs to be healthy. Hitchens has Hitchens to have a better to be year. Physical. We gave him a shit ton of money. He's got to start producing. I know it was only one year, but he'll be better in the 4-3 is what you got to hope. But I think a guy like Gary Johnson, Mark Fields, can make the roster just because, like we just said, those and are that's the, kind of what you hope for. With those those are the two guys. positions that we just said are the weakest. So, right. so I mean, if, if, how you, many, if an undrafted free agent makes the roster, I think that's a win. So. I mean, everyone talks about how many successful undrafted free agents there's been. And I think the way Veach evaluates talent, he could get some – I don't know, their lottery tickets, but maybe they can right. turn well, I mean, out to be starters. Or... What's the worst thing that happens? No, you exactly. You cut them in camp, and then you yeah. never hear them again. Like, exactly. Worth the risk, so why not? All right, guys, so today we are lucky enough to be joined by uh, Kansas City Chiefs running back, uh, 2019 draft pick Darwin Thompson. Uh, great interview with him. Talked a lot about how he got here, um, his how he was unrecruited out of high school, and you know, it was kind of his journey to the NFL and what he's looking forward to most about being a Chief, so... Uh, we're going to go ahead and go to the interview now. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, guys. We got a special guest on the show. One of the six 2019 draft picks by the Chiefs running back from Utah State, Darwin Thompson. How you doing, and how does it feel to be a Kansas City Chief? It feels great. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. Can't wait to get out there. Yeah, man. So we were talking earlier with the, the process to get to Utah State 1 and to the NFL in general. You came out of high school, didn't have a D1 offer, didn't have a D2 offer, so you went the JUCO route. You can kind of tell us how that process was, the steps you took to get to where you're at now. I think that making me travel the long road got me mature that much faster. Uh, I think I'm years ahead of guys my age, people my age, just because of the route I had to, to walk by myself. I mean, my parents were... I'm upset that I chose to go to JUCO and I didn't just want to walk on anywhere. And uh, I mean, I was a non-qualifier coming out of high school, so I was one of them kids that believed that football would get me everywhere. I mean, it ain't you no know, halfway being great. You want to be great, you got to be great on and off the field. And I don't talk about great football players without saying it was great people first. That's, that's what it forced me to do, going on the JUCO route, going on Utah State, change my ways. So we kind of want to talk about your one year at Utah State. I know you had you rushed for over a thousand yards, seven a carry, and you were dangerous in the screen game. And you guys had a great year. You guys went ten and two. So can you tell us about your one year at Utah State? Going in and choosing Utah State, I knew it was the right school for me. Um, it was a different atmosphere traveling all the way to Utah from Oklahoma. So going out there, it was like it was like you grow as a person and on the field. Is learning to talk to a different group of people. 
I had to be a different type of leader with guys that I really can't relate to besides the fact we play football again. Um, and Coach Wells and Dave Shows really helped me grow as a football player just to play the offense. I mean, that's the same offense I ran in Juco. spread of tempo. I know what I was walking into, so it keep me for me to translate my game over from Juco to D1 football. So what was your relationship like with Coach Wells? I know he's not there anymore, and he kind of got a he got a job in the Big 12. So what was it? What was the relationship like with him? Oh, very good. He demanded perfection out of him. There was a standard, and he was not lowering that for nobody. Um, it was just it was crazy how it all went down. I'm very happy to see Coach Wells get the job at Texas Tech. Being from Oklahoma, I know it's a childhood dream to get to play against. Oklahoma or coach against Oklahoma, I just play for them. So for him, like, he could go to Texas Tech and get to coach against OSU or OU. You know, I was very happy to see him get to do that. So and he still he congratulated me. He congratulated me when I decided to declare, and he was behind me 100%. And uh, he's been behind me since I came to Utah State. Now, kind of moving towards the draft, um, when you look at, like, Brett Veach, did they tell you how interested they were going into the draft? Um, it sounded like they wanted to trade up for you just to make sure they got your hands on you. Mm-hmm. Did they kind of, you know, show you that when you went to visit? Oh, yeah, they did. I mean, Coach E.B., we all laid it very well. It was crazy. I came home and told my people. Um, I seen where I wanted to be in my life at Kansas City Peace at the age of 35, 45, and 50. With Coach Benzino uh, at the player development, and Coach Dillon at the running back, Coach, Coach E.B. as the O.C., it was easy for me to be like, man, go there, they're going to help me grow as a man and as a football player. They're going to push me. It's going to be what I need in my life, especially in rookie years. So how excited are you to play for one of the best coaches ever in the NFL, legendary coach Andy Reid, and how effective do you think you can be in the screen game? And when I got there, I was starstruck just to see what he was able to do with Darren Sproles um, before and then before Kareem Hunt. Uh, I think I'm going to be at the source, really. I mean, those are two guys that you put them together as me as far as my running style and my size. Like Darren Sproles and Kareem Hunt had a son came out with Darwin Thompson. So I feel like I'll be able to go out there and really succeed just with the fit and schemes of things and what Andrew does. For sure. And then kind of topping on top of that, you, you're you not only playing for a coach like Andy Reid who just gets the most out of his players, but you're also going to play for a quarterback in Pat Mahomes who just set records in the NFL this year. He's he's super young going into his second year actually playing. What's your mindset going into play with a guy like Pat? Man, it's crazy. I, I think – I don't know the future, but I know this. Yeah, the quarterback, he's changing the game, doing things that many quarterbacks did before. I don't want no look past this side on him. Like, it's okay to do that stuff. He's, just, he's really changing the game. How have the Chiefs and the just all the coaches you've talked to, Andy, the running backs coach, how do they talk about how they want to utilize you in this offense? I definitely think initially I'll be third down back. I mean, that's, that's what most of me has because of my size and whatnot. Like, uh, 
Mr. Reese said, I'm five eight one ninety eight, but I'm rocked up. I ain't I'm <laughs> short, I'm not small. Everyone keeps calling you rocked up in the whole Chiefs organization. Yeah, I'm, I'm short, I'm not small. I mean, I lift weights, I, I be in the weight room for a reason. I got to make up for my height somewhere, and that's in the weight room. Yeah. That's definitely. So, as far as the draft process, what was the reaction like when you got that call? I'm sure it was a dream of yours your whole life to get to this spot um, and get the opportunity to play in the NFL. So, what was your reaction, your family's reaction, when you got that call? Well, the reaction was crazy. I locked myself in the back away from everybody. I'm like, man, what the heck? What is going on, like? I know that I mean it's God's plan. I gotta get drafted. Gotta be gone right here, right now. I got the car came out the bathroom. I'm crying like, man, it's been a long three days, just a long process in general. And for the car to finally come and be from Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs, so my my heart dropped to my stomach. I got up, my girl up, crying. My mom is screaming like. He's got shot, like, come on, <laughs> to the top of her lungs crying. I'm like, man, me cry more. You being so dramatic. <laughs> my people were just, my people were going crazy. And I eventually calmed down and just was ready to go to work right then and there. I said, some kind of get the playbook. But I was just ready to go to work. I know I to prove my work. And it's, it's the things I still got to prove. Yeah. So I know you wanted to go a little earlier in the draft, obviously, but do you still think it's kind of a blessing that you landed with such a good offense and such a good coach? Oh, yeah. That's why it's a blessing in disguise for me. Um, I I got goals and aspirations. But at the end of the day, it's all God's plan. He got in my footsteps this far. I started out and, and uh, I'm blessed. I just I can't wait to get out there and get to work prove myself. Like, that's one I let them know I'm gonna prove myself. Thank you guys for driving, but I'm gonna prove myself. Yeah, so I mean, just another, just another chip on your shoulder. I mean, you've been doing it for years now, coming going to a JUCO, and you kind of had to prove yourself there, and then had a great year at Utah State. But I kind of want to know, like, who are some running backs you kind of watch film on a lot, and who are some running backs that you kind of model your game after? Oh yeah, I watch film. Barry Sanders, Devontae Freeman. Smith, Jared McKinnon, Marshawn, uh, Adrian Peterson. I mean, like I said, I don't really watch Adrian Peterson more. As far as he's six two, he try to watch guys I can move the game. But um, I was Jared McKinnon, Devontae Freeman, and Marshawn. The guys I most mold my game after the aggression Marshawn Lynch plays with. He still got toss. Um, Jared McKinnon, that's the running back, and Devontae Freeman. He so that's why I really need out to out there making play. That's what I really hope to move my game after he makes people miss and just the in and out of cuts he has and just like an energizer bunny. He's just in and out of his cuts, spin moves and like that. But just like them and a lot of five eight guys that are two hundred, one two oh five in order to start like and carrying the ball on all three downs. So, the ball, and that's what I plan to carve out my role. So we got to talk about you in the weight room. I I know there's a video out there of you front squatting 505, which is absolutely insane. When did you really start taking weightlifting so seriously? 
so when I was a freshman, I had a running back that was older than me. He told me I would be a running back. I was too slow and too small. So I went to my strength coach, Coach Jordan Johnson. He changed my life forever. He upset the sound of my work ethic and what I do in the weight room. Uh, so I carried that all throughout junior college, going to D1. Uh, my freshman year is when things really changed for me. Like, I got my traps, my freshman and never left. Like, I've never really did traps after that. And they just never left. Now, have you talked to uh, any of the other draftees at all, like Michael Hardman or Juan Thornhill, just kind of, you know, talk about what's coming in the, the new wave of Chiefs players? Uh, uh, I actually, Juan Thornhill, he was at the Exos in Arizona. And we went on the uh, Kansas City, or not Kansas City, Seattle Seahawks top 30 visits. So I was able to catch up with him. But since we've been drafted, I haven't talked to anybody. How excited are you to win a Super Bowl next year? <laughs> He's calling a shot. Best thing in my life. Like, you talk about dreams. Ooh, I won at every level, so I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, we came close to uh, Utah in the winter our bowl came, so I was still able to get a ring. But I won a ring at every level. Yeah, so you got to win one at the highest level. I mean, the Chiefs yeah. were inches away from doing it, from yeah, at least going so. to the Super Bowl. So I think the new wave and I think all the talent we got will – I think – they could win. I think you guys could win multiple rings. So we kind of want to end it with you, just a message for Chiefs fans, like what we're getting as a player, person, and what we can expect for next year and the years to come. Chiefs, you get the guy. I'm looking for life and in the game of football. So I'm a game. I'm a student of life. You're going to get everything out of me. My best. My best is best. I'm way chipping my shoulder and ready to prove that I sh- there should never be that against me. Only me and God capable of love. But I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you just wait. Can't wait to come and be out there this working mini camp and for the rest of the later on to the season. Yeah, and I can promise you Chiefs Kingdom's excited. I'm sure you've seen it on Twitter, and I truly believe that the Chiefs, like the whole organization, the fans are getting a steal with a guy with your talent in the sixth round. And I'm sure you know, but the the running back history in Kansas City is insane. I mean, they went from Priest Holmes to Larry Johnson, Jamal Charles, Kareem Hunt, and maybe Darwin Thompson will be the next great Chiefs running back. Yes, sir. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on, and we're excited for you to get to Kansas City and start putting that work in. So congratulations to you on the draft pick and – Welcome to Kansas City. Thank Appreciate you guys having me on. Can't wait to get out there. All right. We want to say thank you again for Darwin coming on. I'm super excited about him here. He has a chip on his shoulder, and like I said, he could be the next great Chiefs running back. For sure. We've had our stretch of running backs, so he might as well jump in. He's on the perfect offense to do so, so why not? Yeah, all of Twitter's super excited about him, too. Like, I think he's going to be crazy good in the screen game. I mean, Andy makes every running back look great. Damian Williams was awesome for a stretch last year, but I think Darwin's insane because he's 5'8 and breaks insane amount of tackles, great right. out of the backfield, like carries, catching passes. I just think he's going to be super dynamic here. I'm sure we'll use him in the screen game. Oh, yeah. Maybe as a receiver. Who knows? Andy loves using the running backs in the screen game. So, 
Oh, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. He said he was like, a, if Kareem Hunt and Darren Sproles had a baby, it would be him. That yeah. kind of got me excited. And the so. one, I feel like I've been trying to think of a comparison for him just because everyone's saying Tariq Cohen, but I think him talking about Jarek McKinnon's perfect. Right. I, not a lot of people have seen McKinnon a lot, but he's a great pass catcher, great running back. They're kind of the, they're built the same a little bit. I think oh, yeah. that comparison's perfect. Spot on. So, but. You know, we last time we recorded Chiefs, we didn't get the opportunity to talk about the whole Tyree Kill situation. Um, that audio broke after we recorded. It looks like there's more coming tonight. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday night. KCTV Five looks like they're going to drop another report of other things that happened in the house, which is awful, obviously. But we just wanted to touch on it and kind of talk about what we think is going to happen next. Is yeah. he going to be a Chief any longer? Is he going to play in the NFL any longer? And then what's going to go, you know, happen going forward? So. I don't really know where to start. It's obviously a sensitive subject, I would yeah. say. So, but I don't know. What do you think? Do you think we cut him soon? Do you think we hold on to him until the NFL does something? Like, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, when the audio came out, I thought he would be released that night. I just thought with the way they handled Kareem, how he was gone right away, I thought Tyreek oh, yeah. could be gone too. And I don't know. The DA came out and said there was no proof. And then you kind of listen to audio, and obviously there's not 100% proof that he did it, but it kind of. It leads you to believe that. We can't give this guy the benefit of the doubt anymore. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, with the way that is, you have to have concrete evidence to charge someone. So not that I'm excusing him or saying they won't do it, but they reopened the investigation after that audio came out, so they're looking into it. I'm, I mean, they'll find anything and everything. So I just knew that that wasn't the end of it when the DA was talking and saying that there's no proof. I just had a feeling that something else would come out or something else would leak or people would be looking for leads to Tyreek doing it or even what happened. A recording right. came out. And, like, as far as the Chiefs not releasing him yet, I want to preface this by saying I'm not trying to sympathize with the Chiefs at all because they're the ones that drafted him. They're the one that brought him into the organization, knowing his past. Um, they're kind of in a shitty spot right now. Yeah. Like, if they cut him and the NFL just doesn't do anything about it, the Colts are going to pick him up. The Browns are going to pick him up. The Patriots are going to pick him up. Yeah. Someone's going to take him, and then next thing you know, in January in the playoffs, he's going to be, you know – burning us down the sideline and scoring and beating us in the playoffs and it's like the chiefs if they don't cut them they're looked at as this awful organization that is insensitive or whatever you want to say but you look at twitter there was a report that came out that kareem hunt was ex exceeding expectations with the browns no one said anything about the browns when they picked up hunt after all no, that happened so not like, a single soul maybe people in cleveland but around the nfl no one really cared and i think right. chiefs fans were i don't know what was the chiefs fans reaction when they got him kind of Maybe we should have kept him, and maybe the right. Chiefs are kind of thinking that. It's like they don't want to rush the Tyreek situation because— And there is no rush. I mean, he's not he's not missing, like, practices or games right now. Like, it's the middle of April. That's where yeah. it's different from Kareem. Kareem, there was a game two days later, so they had to do something. There's no rush here. Like, he's not missing anything. It's just why not wait for the NFL to do their due diligence and then go from there. And, like, I'm, I'm, I would say he's not going to play for the Chiefs next year or anytime no, in the near future. I wouldn't but think so. There's just no rush to get rid of him yet. Here's a question for you. If the Kareem Hunt situation doesn't happen, does Tyreek Hill get cut immediately after the audio comes out? Maybe, because you could say the Chiefs are like, regret getting rid of Hunt so quickly. Because maybe they're looking at it like we're looking at it. Like the Browns right, got they don't no backlash. Get over again with, you know. And this sounds shitty, but like maybe they think... As time goes on, people will just forget about it. I mean, that's what happened with the Browns. And that's all That's all these teams care about. If you're good, if you're fast, if you're able to help a team win games and that leads to money and people in the seats and more games as playoffs and things like that, 
That's all they really care about. I mean, they can tell you all they want that they want to have people that are good in the community or people that are, you know, angels off the field. They all they care about is the bottom line in football. So winning games, right? So someone would pick them up. I, I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, I'd like to see yeah. if the green thing didn't happen, if Tyreek would still be on the team or not. But I don't know. I would think at the end of the day, he's cut. I don't know how long he's going to get suspended. Cedot was saying on his show the other day that there's been only one player in the NFL in the last decade to be suspended a full year, and he killed someone. Dante Stallworth. Yeah. So like that's insane. Based off that, like I don't think Tyreek's going to be like never play in the NFL again. What if he gets like a 10-game uh, suspension? Teams care about winning too right. much. If he gets a 10- or 12-game suspension and we cut him, someone's going to pick him up. Someone's going to utilize him the way you we utilized him, and he's going to maybe, the maybe Chiefs, screw us over down the road, like I said before. Maybe the Chiefs are just waiting on a suspension, and maybe he gets 10 games, and the Chiefs' thought process is maybe, I don't know, maybe right. people and will morally, forget about it as he's serving a basically a year-long suspension. Right. Morally, I can't get with that, but like no, just – Talking football-wise, like, I don't know. It'd be hard to get rid of them if you're just looking at football, which is what I think a lot of these I mean, the longer do. this shit goes on, the long, the more it makes me think we might just hang on to them. Even if we hold on to them and, like, don't play them, like if they don't feel comfortable playing them but they don't want to lose to them, just make them inactive or put them on IR or fake an injury or something for when his suspension is over, and then he's just not playing for anyone. So I don't know. Yeah, so we don't want to get too much into this. I mean, obviously you don't have 100% proof of who did it. It's tough to really point fingers. It's just a shitty situation. I mean, right. we talked last week about how if he did this, obviously we want him off the team. Chiefs should want him off the team. If he and goes, that, if that he goes, audio was just jarring. Like I don't want yeah. it to come off that we're like defending anything that he's did or we want him on the team. No, we're just we, telling him how the NFL yeah, works. Exactly. Like the audio of him saying, "You should be terrified of me too, bitch." Like was jaw dropping to me after everything that happened, and it sounded like he was getting better and had done everything right since his arrest in college and it just like i was so stunned when i heard that yeah the first time i mean i mean i've seen the quotes i really don't care to listen to it i just don't like hearing stuff like that it was something i won't forget that's for sure it was very very yeah so i don't know i don't know how to describe how i felt it was just we obviously wish the best for that family i mean hopefully especially the kid yeah kid finds a scary man because his fiance isn't innocent either the covering things up for him in a way and it sounds like she was not beating him or punching him or breaking his arm or anything but you know hitting him striking him things like that plus covering up when there's like a investigation going on with the cops like that's not just as bad but it's keeping the child endangered so yeah i, I mean that... i just hope that kid finds a place where he's in a good home he's safe he's you know living the best life he can yeah I don't know. It just sucks. It makes me sad. Like, who knows what else is going on in that house? And obviously, a three-year-old can't really do a whole lot or can't tell people about right, what's exactly. going on. So, I don't know. I didn't think he would be a chief as it came out. Like, I thought it would be maybe a day or so, but he's still on the team. So, I mean, chiefs are gathering facts. No one really knows what for sure went on. So, Right, and they're definitely taking a lot of heat nationally. I know yeah. Mike Florio has been every Because day. every player we have is a domestic abuse guy some we've I mean, had a few of them so yeah but it's not like i know i mean the guy who drafted him is the one is that's on gonna another pick him team up. right and it's not like i mean like frank clark like i f- i know he did some shit but i feel like i mean he deserves a second chance he knows he messed up he i know he had an interview he's like someone asked him about domestic abuse he's like man just come up and hug me and get to know me like he knows he messed up like mm-hmm. you can't put it on him forever 
Right. And it's, you know, it's definitely something people will look at forever just because of how it is. And I don't blame people that, like, everyone's got their own prerogative and opinions, but I don't know. It, I'm a second chance guy, but with Tyreek, this was his this second is, chance. Yeah. And he, you know, obviously screwed that over. But I don't know. The main point is do we think there should be a punishment if someone picks up a guy like Tyreek? Like that, because I feel like if there's something, if there's a rule out there that you have to give up a first round pick if you pick up a guy like Tyreek. Uh, yeah, that's like what's crazy is people are like people are blaming us for what Kareem did. Right. But and then he goes to Cleveland, the and they're just chilling. Like no one's saying a right. single fucking thing. So, I don't know. I'm sure more will come out. It sounds like more is going to come out here in a few hours, and yeah. you guys will probably hear it before you hear us. But you know, hopefully, it's nothing worse than we have already heard. And it's just I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to react to all this. So yeah, I know we. I mean, we felt like we had to touch on this a little bit. Like we don't want to right. get too into it or offend anyone. Or we kind of just saying how the NFL works and how I'm sure. Tyreek will somehow get picked up by another team right. if we decide to let him go. But a lot of good news in this episode. I thought our draft was awesome. What would you give the – what's your draft grade for Brett Veach and the Chiefs? To me, draft grades are always a little bit silly. With Frank Clark draft. as the one. Right. But it's always weird to me just because we're, like, trying to grade a draft and judge a draft when we've never seen a guy play in an NFL yet. Yeah, for sure. But based off of need and fit, it looks like, and yeah. what we had to replace, I don't know how anyone can be mad. I don't think it's any – it can't be worse than a B, like in the right. B, like B minus B, B plus. Right. No C – it can't be a C or worse. I wouldn't think – because we drafted the speed guy to replace I'm, I go B plus. Right. I think I it's think an awesome draft. That. Well, I mean, what other than corner, I'd be a lot happier if we picked up a corner. But then who do – out of the top three picks we had, who would we want to get rid of to take a corner? No, like I mean, we, we needed, needed a speed – Yeah, speedy right. receiver, free safety to play deep. Right. I don't think Saunders was an insane need, but I think, like I said yesterday, or I said earlier in the episode, I think Sanders, Saunders was his best player on the board right there. Right, and there were just no corners left. All those corners went in the mid-second round, early second round. So like at that point, if you're not in love with a corner, don't force it just so you can say, oh, we drafted a corner early because we needed one. Just go with best player if you really love a guy. They had him yeah, as maybe a high he didn't two grade, like any so. corners that were there. I think maybe in the second round he thought he would have to trade up to get someone and he couldn't find a trade, or maybe he didn't have the perfect guy to trade up for. So right. he ends so. up getting a safety and a wide receiver. Like, right. if once the Tyreek news came out, I feel like people either thought with the two picks, you'd go safety or corner and then a wide receiver. And That's we exactly did that. What they did, right. So I don't know. I'll trust the football guys, the ones that have done the year long research. And yeah, it's their actual job to do this. So I'll trust them. Hopefully it works out. Hopefully they make immediate impacts, unlike some past draft classes where they're more yeah. project kind of guys, because we definitely have holes we need to fix immediately. But we'll see. It kind of sounds like people are optimistic about everything we got. You know why we didn't draft a corner? Why is that? We traded for one? Yeah. You got the news? You have sources? All the sources. <laughs> We're going to trade for one of the Vikings corners. I don't know who, but I think it's going to happen. All right. Well, I'll hold you to it. they kinda, they got to make some moves. So. I'm not giving hope up on Pat Pete either. I think there's still a shot. When there's smoke, there's fire, and there's been smoke around him being dealt for over a year. Yeah. and To the he, Chiefs, Yeah, I feel like. Right. So, like— Like, it's not even just Chiefs Kingdom just tweeting about it over and over like I do. I feel like national media knows it's a perfect fit, and I feel like they've had to have been discussing it for mm -hmm. a while. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, it I just think... makes me nervous that they had a great draft and they got a quarterback, so why get rid of probably your best player? Exactly. A lot of people are like in But also maybe they want to be young and maybe they want to free up some money and maybe right. Pat Pete doesn't get along with the management. I mean, you saw his social media 
he was going off. Yeah. He was not happy. So, I don't know. I don't think there's really anything else to touch on as far as Chiefs no. news. Um, before we get out of here, though, we did want to kind of announce, I guess. Yeah. Um, we're not going to start this now, but when the season gets closer, we're going to actually start a Chiefs pod as well. Um, not sure on a name. If you guys have any ideas, yeah, send them to us. But or just any segment ideas. Like, right. I mean, shit. If any of you guys want to come on and talk some Chiefs, let's go. Always open. So we'll be doing that. Probably dropping that around August or so once the season gets closer. There's not a whole lot of Chiefs news from now until like training camp. So. Yeah. But just want to let you guys know that's coming. Um, so stick with Eight No Seeds. Stick with this new Chiefs pod. We'll get some stuff out there and hope you guys keep enjoying it like you have been lately so yeah great draft by the chiefs obviously another thank you to darwin thompson for coming on that was fucking awesome interview talking about his underdog role his whole life and i think the chiefs like i said in the interview i think we found another steal late sixth round last pick of the sixth round i think Mm -hmm. and a guy that can do a lot as a back super versatile and kind of reminds me of kareem even just with how he breaks tackles and how he's built so i think that was an awesome pick we I want to say thanks for to him for coming on for sure so with that being said we'll probably talk to you guys about chiefs in august and more ain't no seats ku stuff will be coming soon so we'll talk to you guys then Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.